morning, campers. All righty. What's going on, everybody? <clears throat> we're back. Oh, I'm thinking we're back. Uh, welcome back to the Camp Good Boy podcast. Uh, and let's see what we got here on the TV. Um, Space Cowboys. Space Cowboys. I've never seen this movie. Um, I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try. I listened to last week's podcast and I sounded like I basically sounded like I had like what, what like a severe COVID patient sounds like. I feel like I was taking breaths like that. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. I just sounded super like cracked out for some reason. I think I was just like fired up to, uh, to be doing this, but, um, I really need to learn to take some breaths, like some more, like, I wonder if like people who actually go to journalism school, uh, like almost take like breath work, like breathing classes, because those guys talk so like they're making like someone like Anderson Cooper or like just like a professional, they, it's like they never take a breath. And then I'm doing this thing last week and I sounded like fucking Tony Soprano, just like, and trying to make another point and so many deep breaths. I think I need to, maybe if I breathe through my nose, is that, is that the strategy? Um, I don't know. I just sounded, I sounded like I had fucking emphysema or something. I, it, it was really, uh, it was really, um, uh, just weird to listen to. So, you know, sorry for being, uh, so sorry for sounding, sorry for sounding all cracked out. <clears throat> I'm actually not that sorry, but, uh, yeah, I know. I just, I don't know if I'd ever really noticed that before. The, they're just those, those breaths, those big breaths I was taking. And I think it's all about maybe slowing down. So let's kind of slow it down a little bit here. It's easy to get excited when you're kind of like on a rant and, uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, so it just sounded weird, but, uh, so there's another one that maybe I should just fucking not even worry about it. Um, so Space Cowboys. I've never seen this movie. It, um, William Devane, Clint Eastwood, James Garner, uh, I think Tommy Lee Jones. Wow, this, I mean, this could only happen in the 90s. A movie where, a studio movie that gets greenlit with Clint with these just fucking old actors. Oh, Donald Sutherland, Okay. So yeah, I hope everyone had a good Memorial Day weekend. Is <laughs> I'm gonna be so self conscious about this breathing thing. Is it bad? Like I I didn't know what Memorial Day. Uh, this makes me a horrible American. I didn't even know what Memorial Day. I never knew what Memorial Day was. Um, I because like you got the Fourth of July, you got Veterans Day. You know, like, 4th of July is... I always thought, like, 4th of July... Well, 4th of July is America's birthday, so that doesn't really honor, like, the troops. But I always thought, like, Veterans Day was the day that honored, tr- like, the troops. I, I never knew... I Honest to God, I never knew what Memorial Day was until literally, I think, four years ago, I made a meme about... And it was, it was, it was poor taste on my part, but I, did, I didn't know. And it was... I made a meme about... Uh, like um, about like long internet passwords and it was like, Hey, what's the password? It's on the router. And then the back of the router was the Vietnam <laughs> Memorial, <laughs> which looking, I mean, it's, it's just, it's poor. It's incredibly poor taste, but my friend was, 
he slid into my DMs being like, yo, dude, are you really posting this on Memorial Day? And and that's when it occurred to me what Memorial Day was. Because literally, I, when like, growing up, when Memorial Day came, all I was happy about was, oh, no school. So... I I just never it never even occurred to me what Memorial Day was and and that's awful. I obviously I should know what that day is because it's such an important day for you know America and people who have served this country. But all I ever saw was just oh no school. I feel like like there's usually a tennis tournament <laughs> at like the lacrosse championship is always going on all i ever saw was that it was no school and uh you know i apologize to the country and all those who have served i always just thought like but that's what fourth of july and veterans day were i guess i just like it never even occurred to me what memorial day ever even was and that is kind of a shitty thing to say but um but yeah i just i never knew what it was uh, I never knew what we were celebrating. I was always, and it's so weird that I would be that excited about no school, given the fact that, like, the that's the end of May. It's like you only literally have like two or three weeks left of school. So, like, why was I so fired up so much about that day off? I guess it was more that I just didn't like school. So, it, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a bad American. I'm a terrible, terrible American for not knowing what that was. Um, but yeah, I guess that's a wrap on spring. Cause as spring <laughs> as every time June comes, I feel like that is, that's the start of summer. To me, summer starts on June 1st, even though it's technically June 21st or, or whatever it is. But yeah, spring is over. Uh, I hope everyone had a good spring, especially New Yorkers who think that literally spring, like, only exists in New York. <laughs> that was always one of the things that irritated me about New York City is like everybody would be like, oh my God, like springtime in New York City, it's the best. It's like, I don't know. I think spring everywhere is pretty great. It's like, it's literally the perfect temperature everywhere. Um, I like spring in Omaha, Nebraska. I bet it's just as good as spring in New York City. Um, now, fall in New York City, I'll give them that. Like, there is something inc- like magical about fall in New York City. Um, but the spring in New York City, like, I never, I kind of never, I, I would never let them have it. Like, yeah, it's great because the winters in New York City suck, and living in New York City is so hard. Um, that as soon as that as soon as that springtime weather comes, you're just like, oh my god, like free at last. But spring ever, but like, what about spring in like Fargo, North Dakota? Like they have it, they get shafted. Like I think spring is just great everywhere. It's a great, it really is a great season. Like spring and fall are just like the best seasons. Um, you were just going to talk about seasons today. So yeah, so hope you had a good Memorial Day. Hope you had a good spring. And um, is it hot girl summer this <laughs> year? Like. I don't know, like some like last summer was hot girl summer and now like so what's this summer? And like I love how it's like last summer's hot girl summer. I feel like that's every summer. <laughs> like summer's summer's pretty consistently consistent. Uh but this should be a pretty good summer because you know, just the further we get away from from COVID, even though, you know, there were so many people in summer 2020 that were like living it up. If you were living in a place that maybe you didn't have a lot of COVID, you just didn't believe in it. The further and further we get away from that fucking, that shit, uh, the better summers are going to get. So, um, yeah. So space Cowboys, I guess the movies is over. They just landed. Um, there was a string, like the nineties were really big with space movies. 
Uh, like you had Armageddon, Deep Impact, Space Cowboys, Apollo 13. Um, I guess that's it. Oh, and then uh, there's always the cheering, the cheering uh, NASA room when the when the, when it lands. James Cromwell is always definitely playing like a guy who is at odds with the, the astronauts. Okay, so this is a. Uh, this is a camp good boy kind of wreck of the week. Okay, so I saw that movie, Every what is it called? Everything All at Once, five minutes remaining. And now we're like, everything, everything everywhere all at once. Okay, so this movie, so I remember the first uh, a few pods ago, I was talking about that movie X, and it got, I saw that it had 96% Rotten Tomatoes, and I was like, that seems kind of high. Like, And then you see it, and then I saw it, and I was like, ah. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if that's ninety six percent. It's good, but ninety six seems generous. Okay, so everything, everywhere, all at once has ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, this movie—it's the one movie that I'll say that I didn't like, but you should definitely see it. Like, if I didn't like it, I'd be like, oh, "Don't go! See, this is not the Camp Good Boy wreck of the week." But like, you kind of owe it to yourself to see this movie because it's incredibly inventive. I've never really seen any movie quite like it, as far as like what the premise is. But uh, okay, so and, and then I looked. It, the, the movie feels like it's about four hours long. It's only two hours and nineteen minutes. It feels way longer because of what the premise is. And I'm kind of, I, I can't really get into this multiverse shit. Like, it, it's, okay, so the movie is very, it's just very complex. And it's too complex to be two hours and 19 minutes. It's also too complex to, okay, so this, this the, the, it's about this, this I think the Chinese woman and her family, and they run a, a, a dry, a, like a laundromat. And just like her life is, she's fairly like unfulfilled in life. And it's basically like some shit goes down and she, she learns that basically any decision you made, like what, what was told to me is like a sliding doors moment. Like one decision that you make, or, or if, if you, if you, if you could go back and make a, if you could go back and do something over again, that version of you actually exists in the multiverse. This might be, this might not be news to any of you, but it was news to me. I'm so far out of the loop on uh, multiverse shit. Like I, I like uh, you know swingers. <laughs> I like one. Give me one universe because literally, look. I don't know if alternate realities exist. I don't try. I don't spend too much time thinking about whether they do or not. I've got too much time shit to worry about in in one universe. Like that's the whole thing. Like we have one universe. Uh, that's who knows how fucking big it is. It seems massive yet. We're trying to all talk about like other universes and I'm just trying to get by in one universe. So I don't think about the other universes. I don't call me old fashioned, but I am a one universe guy. Right. I'm (laughs) I'm just, I'm a a one universe kind of guy. Uh, all I need is one universe. Uh, give me that. Just that one tight (laughs) fucking universe. Keep it tight. Keep it. There's plenty going on in that. I'm not trying to think about other universes. I, uh, I'm a one universe kind of guy. That's uh, that's all I can say. It just seems like a waste of time and <clears throat> and energy thinking about one universe. And now we have all this shit about multi universes, and it's just it's it's too much for me. It's not that I don't get it. It's just too much for me to follow 
while also following this like the the character stuff that's going on in this movie. So I was just like I just kind of checked out a little bit. It, it was like too there was too much going on. I didn't entirely get it. Like I did get it, but there was just so much to fucking follow that I kind of checked out fairly quickly. Like the movie is good and you should go see it because it, it's just highly inventive. And I, I could never write or even come up with that. It's not even coming up with the idea. It's writing that idea, but then also packing all the shit into it that they packed into it. I would be so, I wouldn't even know how to, how to come up with it. So shout out to the writers and director who came up with it, but just, I I just checked out. It's just not my kind of movie, but you should see it. And then when I, when I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like 95%. I kind of get it because it's something you've, I've just never seen before. And sure enough, it's a 24. So I mean, you you know, you know how that goes. You got it. You got to give a 24 a good review or else you're, you know, you're going to get curbed at a, um, I don't know, like a fucking, uh, (laughs) I don't even know what's at a Portland bar. Like what's the, I don't even know where a 24 hang out, but, um, okay. So, Oh brother, we're art. That was on next. We've already done that one. So let's watch the star Trek. Um, okay. So yeah, I didn't like the movie. It's just not my kind of movie. I didn't like it because it was poorly made and that it wasn't poorly made. I just couldn't like, I couldn't sink my, it's weird. There was a lot to sink your teeth into, but I didn't want to sink my teeth into it. I was more interested in the fucking popcorn that I had. If I was going to sink my teeth into anything, I, it just wasn't my kind of movie, uh, but I, I can't sit here and bash it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another one like that. Um, it's like, um, hmm, trying to think, um, like another movie that I just didn't like, but I can in good conscience, kind of like the master, like the, I, I didn't love the master, but the master was worth seeing. Like I definitely liked it. It was, it was, it was, it was like, you know, well-made obviously being PT Anderson, but I didn't particularly like it. It was just like very, I don't know. It was just, it was just long and boring and a little full of itself. Cause there's this, there's kind of this new thing with like a 24 and, and then this other, these, these other kind of indie companies, these like these cool kid movie production companies, are just they just want to be working with these directors that they admire to the point where they'll let them do whatever they want. And sometimes when a director gets to do whatever they want, I usually don't like that movie. In my opinion, film is a collaborative process and the best movies get made when it's clear that everybody was collaborating across the board and someone came in and whether it's a producer or whoever is just like you know what? We don't need this. I feel like sometimes these companies let these directors do whatever they want. And it's just like, oh yeah, let's let this thing go four hours longer. You do whatever you want. We just want to be, we just want to hang out with you and get invited to your Christmas party or whatever it is. Sometimes the movie to me suffers and I, I can't help but think that was the master again. Like I could never write a movie like the master. That's just it's not the kind of movie that I would want to write, but, and it is good, but I think, I think that's kind of an example I'm thinking of like a movie that I didn't love, but you should go see it because it is well-made and everything all at once, wherever you are in the world, whatever the fuck it's called 
Couldn't they just call it everywhere all at once? It was like everything, everywhere, every, everything, everywhere all at once. Or they should have just called it all at once. Um, I don't know, miss me on long movie titles. Um, but you should see it because it's just worth seeing. Uh, but again, it, it wasn't, it wasn't my cup of tea. I'd, I'd, I'd rather drink tea actually. Um, it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't my, it wasn't my bag. I'm just not into to sci-fi and, and like the, you know, the fight scenes are, they're, they're cool, but uh, you know, you've seen one fight scene, kind of seen them all. Um, but, and there were, there's like three things that the woman needs to resolve. And so she resolves one and I was like, man, like, okay, this was the, that, that, I guess that's the end of the movie. Oh wait, no, she needs to resolve this one. Okay. She resolved that one. I guess it's, oh wait, no, she's got this final big one. She's got to resolve. So it kind of felt like three different endings and it's weird. It's crazy to think that it was only two hours and 19 minutes because it feels way longer, but it feels longer because of all the shit that's packed into it. Um, so go check it out. Go, go, go check it out. Cause I, I, yeah, I can't in good conscience say that it's, it's bad cause it, it's, it's not bad. Um, it is it, like, it's actually good, but as I'll say again, it just wasn't my kind of movie. Um, I guess I like movies that, like I said, I like movies that take place in re- in like reality. Uh, even if it's, even if it's a, you know, a like a far-fetched movie so like i can't wait to see top gun i've heard top gun's great like okay top guns you know is just a big action movie but at least it, it takes place in some sort of reality like i think that's why i'm not into like the marvel stuff like i love guardians of the galaxy i love i really liked ant-man but i just i i just can't get into this multiverse like things that just don't take place in reality i like i just have a hard time connecting with it um, as I watch Star Trek, what is this? Star Trek, the next generation. Um, yeah. Um, so like this dude, like Captain Picard's just in that Star Wars suit, like just walking into this girl's like big bear cabin. <laughs> like what is this? I don't know. I'm not a sci-fi guy. Um, I, I respect it, uh, because I, I could never do it. So I respect those, those writers and directors that could, that can make it. It's just not, I, I just can't do it. Like literally the only sci-fi that Brandon and I ever wrote was this Eddie Murphy idea. Okay. So we got this, we got this job with Eddie Murphy back in 2012. We were just sitting at our apartment one day and, uh, our agent called us being like, Hey, do you guys want to, would you guys ever want to work with Eddie Murphy? And like (laughs) to even have that question proposed to me is, uh, you know, people would, writers would kill to have that question proposed to them even if you like Eddie Murphy or not. So we were like, yeah, of of course, even though we had other shit that we were writing on, I was like, yeah, like, like we both looked at each other and we're like, yes, like we absolutely would, would want to work with Eddie Murphy. So he's like, okay, he's got this idea called cops and robots, uh, (laughs) which is just like sold. So we had to go up to his house, which he lives at the top of Beverly, Beverly Hills in, in a house that's literally like, it's the size of like a four seasons. This house is gigantic. And 
it, and so it, and we pulled up in like our our, our this shitty jeep cherokee sport from like 88 that we had so we get up there this massive house we walk in the the foyer is like the size of my apartment it's it's actually no it's not even the size of my apartment it's about the size of like four of my apartments and i have a pretty decent sized one bedroom apartment so we get there and it was kind of uncomfortable because you're you're in this big house it, it, it's intimidating it's it, it's intimidating seeing a house of that size and his brother, one of his brothers, uh, Ray, answered the door. And, you know, we're, we're just, we're just kind of sitting there with, with our agent, just kind of waiting. It's kind of awkward. And you hear these footsteps kind of coming down the stairs. And then turning the corner is Eddie Murphy. And he's wearing this snakeskin vest with no shirt on underneath. And, and like, it, it was... It, it was intimidating. Like, and, and look, in our time writing out here, like we, we've met a lot of celebrities and most of the time it was usually just like, Oh yeah, like this, this, it, it, it can be kind of weird, but then you settle in like meeting Eddie Murphy was very like, Whoa, like it, it was intimidating. Cause I, it, you know, especially somebody that you've watched like your entire life, it, it was just like a, Holy shit. It was just like a holy shit. So he's pitched. So he takes us out to, out to outside to his veranda and he's pitching us cops and robots and he's barely looking us in the eye. Uh, when he's pitching it, he's kind of like looking off into space. And then as soon as like we would say something, he would really like look intensely in our eyes and then be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like look back off into space. So he pitched us. So basically the idea was Eddie Murphy was going to basically play like think of Axel Foley, but how old he is now. Uh, so, so, you know, it, it'd be like Eddie Murphy. Like, I think Eddie Murphy's like 60 years old. So it's this old veteran LAPD officer who gets paired up with a robot, <laughs> a robot cop that the justice department is making to basically take down the, this big, this new, you know, crime syndicate in Los Angeles. That's just taking over the city. It was just like, it was like a, it was like a fastball movie idea, but like a fastball in 1989 or like 1991. Um, so we were like, yeah, we're in. Like we had a few ideas and we actually made him laugh with which with a few of our ideas, which was a surreal thing making Eddie Murphy laugh. So we we uh we went back and we we kind of talked about it and we were like, you know, yeah, we'd we'd like to do this. And uh our agent got a call saying from Eddie's assistant saying, you know, we want to hire the Murphy brothers, like Eddie liked their, their, their stuff. And, and it's funny, like when we left the meeting, Brandon actually said, Oh, and we'll get all the Murphys working together. And Eddie was like, Oh yeah. Like we all have the last name. And I actually think that that got us the job, (laughs) us saying us having the last name. It was just kind of like good juju, like good karma, like just kind of good energy. So long story short, we got the job. And so just Eddie Murphy, you know, being, as famous as he was, was very demanding. Like he wanted to start seeing pages like immediately. And that's, that's not how Brandon and I worked. That's not how I work. Like we, we do this thing called a vomit draft where you're just getting all the ideas out. And you know, we, we hardly show anybody any pages until, until a while. Like we, we do, we would do a lot of drafts and you never show somebody a first draft because it's like incoherent. It's the only way to write, like just start and by getting all the ideas out. So he's calling, he's calling our agents, just being, he's calling Paramount who, who, who it was going to do, was going to, who basically hired us to do it. They, they hired us to kind of make him happy because of the relationship that they've had with Beverly Hills cop and everything. 
So, so we're, we're, we have like incoherent drivel and Eddie's like, I want to see these fucking pages. He's calling us. We're kind of dodging the calls. He's calling the, he's calling the, the agents. He's calling Paramount being like, where the, who the fuck are these Murphy brothers? Like who the fuck do they think they are? Like dodging my calls. Like I want to see these fucking pages. And Brandon and I looked at each other and we're just like, I mean, like we could send this, but we, we had, okay. So we had a first act, which is, which is standard, which is usually like 25 pages. And it just, it wasn't ready to, to, to send to him, but we kind of looked at it, but, but at the same time, there was kind of some good stuff in there. Like there were some jokes that we were like, Oh, that's kind of good. But it just, it was still in such a rough state, but we looked at each other and we were like, okay, wait a second. I, I have all the respect in the world for Eddie Murphy, but this, look, he hasn't made a really good movie in a while. And this is cops and robots like this. This isn't fucking, you know, this isn't there will be blood. Like this isn't an Oscar movie. So let's just fucking send this. And if he hates it, it's literally not going to matter because it, it, look, it, this isn't Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> like this, it, it, it won't really be. It won't end our careers if Eddie Murphy hates this. Like, granted, you want to do good work and you want to make somebody of that stature happy, but like, this isn't the end of the world. So we took what we had, and and again, it, it was scrappy. But we kind of read it over, and we we're like, I guess this is good. Let's just fucking send it. Like, like fuck this. Like, because we were being pressured, and it's just like, you know what? If you're going to pressure us, and you're going to demand pages when when page when we haven't even been paid yet, and pay and pages aren't even due, fuck it. If you if you're going to rush us here, this is what rushed work work looks like. And we sent it, and then we just were like, okay, we got to go. Let's go run errands. Fuck this. Like, I got errands to run. We, I remember I was uh, running errands and Brandon called me and he was just like, dude, I just got off the phone with Eddie's agent. <laughs> like, Eddie loves the pages and uh, he wants to talk to us uh, later. So I, I was like, Jesus Christ, like you got to be kidding me. So I, dro- I came, drove back to the apartment. We had a call with Eddie. And as soon as he got on, he's like, man, we're over the moon for this shit. <laughs> like you guys did a great job. Come back, come up to the house. I have some more, I have some more, um, some, some more, ideas to to talk to you about and we we're like oh man like thank like that like what a what a load off um and so so we got up there and we, we you know we, we his, his his brother so he had another brother ray uh answer the door this this big guy and, and when he, he opened the door and we walked in and he was like oh it's our brothers from the other side so like the energy was was great and we go into eddie's uh um office we, we kind of hear these, we kind of hear these, uh, this, these footsteps coming around the corner and he turns the corner and he's wearing, and I'll never forget this image. He's wearing silk pajamas, <laughs> these black silk pajamas. And he just puts his arms out and he says, Murphy's. And we were just like, oh man, this is this the greatest. And he comes in, he's like, yo, like, I love this. This is great. Like, I didn't mean to be demanding, but I work with a lot of bad writers and it's and uh, inside. It's just like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> Like, no offense, but he, I mean, he hasn't made a great, great movie in a while. So I think maybe that just started to maybe eat at him. Uh, cause, cause it's true. Like, you know, he's, he's not getting, 
he's not getting the, the good stuff anymore. So he's like, I just work with a lot of shitty writers. I didn't mean to be demanding, but like, I love this shit. I love what you're doing. And so what we had, what we, what we did is it was Eddie and the robot and we made the robot this really handsome, like, you know, Ryan Gosling type, type, just like a really hot guy and eddie's character was making a lot of jokes about how attractive the robot was so eddie was like i got one note i sounded gay for the robot it was like done like we'll definitely take out the he was just making a lot of like he was making a lot of like underwear model jokes about him and like the fact that eddie's note was i sounded gay for the robot was it's like cool we'll we'll get rid of that and then Paramount had a note. They were like, what if they're... So Paramount wanted more robots. And Eddie kind of like put... He, he was like the the thinking emoji with like the, the hand on the chin. He was like, more robots. <laughs> and, and he was like, nah, one robot. And we were like exactly one robot like you got it perfectly but just the the more robots is like tattooed in my brain um so we were like cool no you don't want you to sound gay for the robot and just one robot uh he's like yeah we'll get to more robots in the sequel as if this movie's ever gonna fucking get a sequel or even get made um but it's okay so then we we kind of went back and uh I mean, it's funny, like we were talking to him on, on, as he walked us out and we were just like, hey man, like, so how you doing? He's like, oh, I just broke up with my girl. And it's, a, it was like fun, like talking to Eddie Murphy. It's one thing to work with, 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 with these actors. It's another thing when they start like kind of opening up to you and it's just like, oh man, like you'll, you'll, you'll get back out there. <laughs> as if it's hard for him to fucking meet another woman. And then. So we, we, he walked us out and we, he, he looked at our Jeep and our, we, again, we had an 89 Jeep Grand Cherokee with like 500,000 miles on it. It was real rickety. Um, so we part ways. He's like, Hey, he's like, you know, take care. Like, just go do, do your thing. We won't bother you anymore. So we're, we're driving out and this goes to show just how fucking like genius of a, of a comedic mind he, he has and will always have. We're driving out. We're driving our, our, our shitty Jeep down to his gate, and the gate won't open. And, like, I'm getting out. I'm trying to, like, kind of push it, but it wouldn't open. So uh, we go back up to the to the front door. We knock on it, and, and Eddie answers. And we're like, hey, man, like, your gate won't open. He looks down at it. He's like, and he looks at our car, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I got a real snobby gate. If your car's not nice enough, it won't open. <laughs> like, rattled that off the top of his head. Like, it was just, it was like nothing. And it was just one of those, like, man. Like, even if Cops and Robots never gets made, which it never will, sadly, uh, like it would, again, it would have gotten made in, like, 1991 or, like, 1989 off of, you know, when, back when Eddie was, was, was fucking massive. But now it just, it just won't get made unless Eddie Murphy signs, like, a, like a Netflix deal. And they're just, like, like what Adam Sandler has, where it's just, the, just not great. Like they'll just make it just because they have a deal with him. And there's, there's an audience on Netflix that will watch it. But <laughs> just yeah, I have a real snobby gate was just, was like just perfect. And, and the, the one happy ending to this is that, um, is that, so they are doing, I believe they are doing Beverly Hills cop four. And so Eddie didn't want us to write him to like write his voice. But we did anyway, because it, it was like hard not to. And so the writers that whoever is doing uh, Beverly Hills Cup for, they 
they um eddie wanted basically eddie gave them cops and robots he's like i wanted to sound like this and i think the writers were just like are you fucking kidding me like we we gotta we gotta follow the lead of cops and robots for beverly hills got four and the writers of beverly hills got four were these you know big pretty veteran writers so that was kind of the happy ending of just like it'll never get made but like we if beverly hills got four gets made that'll basically be like cops and like seeing cops and robots in, in a weird way so that was our eddie murphy story and that's like the one sci-fi thing that we've written and it, it wasn't like even that even that wasn't even really sci-fi because it takes place in los angeles um it, it you know like that like that i can do like it's just these these multiverse things i just like i can't i can't sync up with them but that was already more that was probably like the most like our best like showbiz story out here. Um, and I, I don't know why we never told that story in the pod, but like, it was just surreal. Like the Murphy's and the, <laughs> the, we're over the moon for this shit. And, and honestly, actually, when I think back of all the scripts that we've written, I mean, I'm personally proud of all of all of them. And I'm proud of the ones that I've written solo the past year, but cops and robots, if like any of them ever got made, I would almost want it to be that one because we actually did write a like a good script i mean it's it's pretty simplistic it's not overly it's very down the middle it's very simple and like we did we gave it some heart and like we kind of brought back that sort of eddie irreverent kind of r-rated voice and man if it ever got made like i'd be over the moon for that shit (laughs) like i really would that would be so great if that if none none of them got made but that one I'd be like, cool. I got the hitman's voice bodyguard and cops and robots up on my wall. I can, I can fucking, I can, I can live with that. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I just, the sci-fi, you know what it is? I don't really, I wouldn't know really how to write like a deep sci-fi cause I don't usually watch them. So I would kind of be lost at sea. Um, bah, 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 bah. so yeah, that was the Eddie Murphy story. <laughs> it's, it's like one of my, one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, so what else we got here? Um, so I think, yeah, I think we got, I think we got about two minutes left. Oh fuck. I gotta, I got I didn't mark down my shout outs for the week, but, uh, let's get into some shout outs. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's get in some shout outs here. Um, I didn't mark them down, so I'm going to have to go into my let's go into the, some of the comment sections here um <clears throat> so happy june here we go we're moving right along here um hey shout out pdga rodman shout out um hey shout out uh Faw show 29 shout out um let's see hey shout out hey shout out bushmaster 21 shout out uh hey shout out shoeless jose Shout out. Um, let's go to another one. Shout out to. Hey, shout out Yegar78. Shout out. Hey, shout out Blue Monday. Shout out. You. Uh, okay, so look, I know that I sometimes. Thanks, guys. Thanks for supporting the page and the, uh, the show and, and everything. I'm aware that I sometimes uh, I repost old memes, especially old starter packs, and maybe it maybe it irritates some of you guys. Uh, you got to understand though is that I, I get new followers, and the more followers I get, 
if I post a, an old starter pack that, that did really well, if I repost that, because I have new followers, it's, the new followers are going to send that to new people who haven't seen it, and that's going to spread around you know, the internet, and it's going to help the page grow because it's getting out to more people that didn't follow me before. And you probably found the page from me posting an old starter pack. So you see how that kind of works. Also, don't look at that. Don't look at it as like, a, oh, my God, I've seen this one before. Think about it like a uh, think about it like a Seinfeld rerun. <laughs> you know, it's like, a, oh, nice. I love that one. So I'm not trying to be annoying and trying to give you like, you know, post fatigue. I'm just like trying to grow the page. So again, if it's annoying, like I, I try not to do it. I always try to think of new stuff, but you know, sometimes the ideas, sometimes they're just not there and I will go back and post an old one, but just know that that's why I'm doing it. It, it actually does help grow the page. I'm not, I'm not trying to like wear you guys out, but I'm sure some people have been like, fuck this. All he does is just recycle memes and it's unfollowed me. And for that, I say good riddance, but so just know I'm not trying to be annoying, you know, I'm just, um, trying to, just trying to, trying to grow this camp. Um, you know what song I love? Uh, uh, and it, it, I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, eh, it's just kind of like a, it never really did it for me, but I remember I was on a date. I think like, forget what year it was. It was, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a little bit ago, maybe like. 2015 and I was at a bar and it never, it never occurred to me how great video killed the radio star by the, is it the buggles? It never occurred to me how great that song was. Like there, like, I don't like this song actually like it's got more heart than, than you realize. <laughs> like it, it, it usually, it, it always sounded to me just like a, Oh, just like this cute eighties song. But I don't know this song, like, Okay, so I think it was from, so it's from 1980, and apparently this was like the first music video that MTV played when MTV started. There's like a sadness to this song, because it's, it really is like the end of an era. Like, so this was really like the, the end of, I guess you want to say, like the analog era. Um, cause I don't think there were many music videos back in the seventies. And if they were, I feel like they were promos for like an album. Um, but I remember, yeah, I heard this song at a bar on a date and I was like, wow, like th- there's a lot of emotion in the song. It, it always feels to me like there, there's like the emotions going on are like the, it, it's like bittersweet. It's like, it's sad that an era is ending, but there's also a hopefulness for this new digital era. And there's like a, there's a blend of like a, of excitement, but also like, um, like nerves, like this digital era, like what are we kind of getting into now? Like, this is a real like change. Um, so the song is great, but it wasn't until this part. Um, let's see. It's, it's when it comes back. Like, the song ends and then it comes back. So, let's try to... Okay, so it kind of, like, comes. It's kind of, like, peaking. Um, and then it's when it comes back in. Okay, so this part. So this is, like, okay. It's good. <laughs> okay, so it's good. Um, the 70s are ending. And then, okay, this part. When I heard this part... right there i was like man that part really hit me when i when i heard it at this bar that one night i was like whoa because i never knew it it continued on like that 
there's just the, there's a there's like a there's like a hopefulness but also like a, a sad that's what it is there's a hopefulness for the future but then a, a, there's there's like a bittersweet feeling that 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 that's more simpler analog era is ending and then the very end of this song because it kind of keeps going so this part so then it ends again and then it keeps going <laughs> so this is really like the like in a movie like the guy that like looks back at like his family as he's going off to college like uh I'm gonna be all right. <laughs> like this, like this, this, this song just had more heart than I ever really knew. Um, like again, like I remember the stories of like, I mean, come on, like this is like the end of the movie, like getting in the car, driving off, like what's the, what's ahead for me? I don't know, but I'm ready for it, and it's gonna be intense. <laughs> it's gonna be weird, but. Um, yeah, that song. It, it, what always, what what I always just chalked it up as this like, oh, it's just this cute kind of like '80s pop song. I feel like it's got more heart. <laughs> that if you really sit down and think about it, it really has that like, it really has that end of an era, start of a new era song more than like any other song, because like, I can't think of a song that that captures just that like that that closing of a chapter and the start of a new chapter. And I would, I wonder, like, I wonder if that was like a weird, like seventy nine to eighty, because we had ninety nine to two thousand. That's kind of like the most intense sort of like end of a decade that I can really remember. I would imagine the seventies, the end of the seventies was probably kind of weird because, like, again, like the, there was disco, like more like electronic was starting to to seep in so it was just like we're really kind of maybe entering like this digital things are getting more digital now like what the fuck is are the 80s going to be like and i feel like that song really captures that well um so yeah that was um that was camp good boys uh (laughs) deep that was our um this just turned into fucking pitchfork or something i don't know that was camp good boys uh behind the music right there and uh and as you can probably tell it uh it didn't go well uh with the girl on the date uh, if this is my takeaway <laughs> so uh it's safe to say that that date uh it was a good date because i got this nice little video killed the radio star rant but uh but yeah i've been wanting to talk about that song for i've never really like gotten that off my chest <laughs> talking about that song because every, like it's actually become one of my favorite songs because there's just there's just I, I just get a lot of emotion from that song uh, more than I think I you you get when you when you just hear it you're like oh I love that song but when you actually like kind of take it in and like really have a moment with it you're like ah oh, there's kind of a lot going on in that song so uh so yeah, for for all I know, there's just like literally like article like this isn't like nothing new. There's probably like articles written about that, or or maybe not. But um, I don't know. Maybe I, I didn't mean for this to turn into like I should take this to the YouTube comment section of that video. But yeah, I'm sure this has probably been talked about, which goes back to like look, I didn't even know about Memorial Day. So like again, goes back to my universe thing. Like more universes <laughs> like nah one universe um i don't know i didn't know what memorial day was for all i know uh i'm sitting here talking about the emotion of uh video killed the radio star like i'm sure that's been a thing um one universe guys 
Um, so yeah, I'm going to wrap this up here cause I got a dentist appointment at two 30, which I'm not excited about, but I, um, I'm actually excited that it's at two 30 because I literally used to schedule dentist appointments for like eight 30 as if I, as if I needed to get that done, uh, right. As soon as I woke up, like literally I would go to the dentist and it's, I never hated going to the dentist, but I hated going to the dentist at 8.30 in the morning because it's too early <laughs> to have like devices shoved into your mouth. It's, it's way too early for that. And I would literally go and fucking just start gagging because it's just it's too damn early for that. Um, and I pray to God that I don't have to get x-rays done and have that d- disgusting paste stuck into my mouth, uh, or whatever the, whatever it is, or no, I'm sorry. The, the x-rays, they stick that plastic thing into your mouth. You have to bite down on that. Oh, that I'm getting, ga- I'm like gagging, like just talking about it. I don't know. The dentist, the, the more advanced our world becomes like the more advanced going to the dentist becomes like it used to just be like you get the, the plaque scratcher and then, and then the, the polishing, and now it's just like, okay, we're going to make a cast of your teeth. We're going to take ex- x-rays, but literally this x-ray thing we got to put in your mouth is, I mean, I'd rather you just like stick a ball gag in my mouth at this point. It's, I hate it. Um, but I don't mind the two thirty appointment. It's kind of, I'm a little bit more awake. I'm a little bit more ready for it. Um, but it's the sticking things, having these instruments stuck in my mouth. It's too, it's too fucking, I'm way, it's way too early for that shit at, at like eight 30. I don't know why that's like some, that's, that's, uh, what is it? Is it a masochist, a sadist, whatever the fuck it, whatever it is. It's just like, it's, it's, it's torture. Um, and I'm sure as always you go and you get your teeth cleaned, like, like, like really clean. And I mean, I clean my teeth, like obviously the brush that I give before I go see the dentist is like a really, like, it's like I'm scrubbing a, like a, a grill. I mean, I get in there and I, I give it a really deep clean and as if that's going to make the, de- as if that's going to make the dentist appointment any shorter because literally they go in there and then you think you have all the plaque off and they just like, nah, they, that <laughs> more plaque, uh, nah, they, they always find more in there. And then, so, so then they give you the deep clean and then that, and then that the big, the big daddy comes at the end with his fucking, with his scraper, uh, which that the, like the, like the lead dentist always comes in and that scraper is such a flex because it's just like, dude, come on. Like, I just got such a deep clean. And I don't buy that you're like, okay, maybe there's some remnant, there's some leftover plaque, but like, miss me on them coming in with that scraper. Like they scrape like two, a few teeth and then, you know, they, they do, they give their like know-it-all talk about things that the hygienist might've missed. And like, I don't know, there's something about when the big daddy dentist comes in at the end with their scraper. It's just that scraper is such a flex because I can't imagine there's much plaque left over, um, so two thirty, we'll, we'll uh, I'll have a full dental report for you next week. And uh, okay, I hope I didn't take too many deep breaths. I'm going to work on that, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. Have a good weekend, and uh, yeah, we'll talk next week. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>